Hello and welcome back to the Varsity Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Rich. In case you're new here, the Varsity Cinema Podcast is a podcast dedicated to the upcoming screenings at the Des Moines, Iowa-based cinema that specializes in not only new films, but rep screenings of films rife for rediscovery as well. We are officially in October, and this is, without a doubt, my favorite time of the year, not only for the seasonal shift to cooler temperatures and hoodie weather, but it's the perfect time of the year to really revel in horror films a little more than usual. There are a lot of great events and screenings that will be coming up for the month that is sure to satisfy all facets of horror and non-horror fans alike. Before we kick off the listings, I wanted to share a quick conversation I had with my good friend Matt Bledsoe from the Film Feast podcast. Uh, We've been palling around for the last few years, uh, and I've been a guest on his show many a time, and thought it would be fun to kind of return the favor and have him talk some uh, 90s, 2000s teen horror with me. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I was kindly asked to guest program a few screenings for the month of October, and here we are getting into them now. Hello again from the Varsity Cinema Podcast. I'm joined by, at this point, an old friend from the Film Feast Podcast, Mr. Matt Bledsoe. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Uh, hi, Keith. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes, yes. My first, uh, my first co, uh, you know, podcasting buddy that I get to I get to have on the show. So I'm very excited, and I, I appreciate you. I know you're getting over COVID, so thanks for uh, taking the time. <laughs> Not like you have anything else to do. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, I was fortunate enough to be asked to be the guest programmer for October, and so I went with three '90s, 2000s teen horror films for our Midnight's at Ten series. And I thought it'd be fun to have someone that may not be, you know, you may not be local, you're, you're in Virginia, but you are somebody that appreciates the subgenre, I think, as much as I do and has, you know, we've, ha- we've got a good rapport. We've, we've talked many a time on your show with between talking GoldenEye, Hackers, even Cool as Ice. I figured that it kind of made sense to have you on the show for these particular films. And so just can you tell the folks out there a little bit about Film Feast before we kind of jump into the, the movies? We're just going to do a really brief chat for everyone out there, uh, just kind of a quick overview of our feelings of the films, but I would love for you to talk to people about Film Feast. Oh yeah, so uh, Film Feast, the kind of podcast where we talk about cool as I... <laughs> Like, uh, I mean, that's a great actually point because we talk about anything and everything on Film Feast, mm-hmm. uh, long form conversations about movies. Uh, uh, I hope they're not too long. I always ask people, do these go on too long? Because they can run like two <laughs> to three hours sometimes. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just it's always me and a guest or multiple guests talking about stuff we've seen lately. And then usually one movie is like the big topic of the episode and just having a conversation about those and like wild and crazy tangents and (laughs) digging deep probably deeper than anybody would need on like cool as ice or the third ninja turtles movie uh or things like that (laughs) but yeah but you know we have fun uh over there it's just it's just mostly excuse to talk to cool people about movies i think is the uh my idea at this point Well, I, I, I mean, I love, I obviously love the show. I've, I've, I've been, uh, it was my first show to be on when I was a guest on your show, um, talking physical media and, uh, yeah, I mean, turtles three, I mean, we, we've done it. We've, you, I, we've done many shows together and, and, uh, I think the turtles trilogy was a really good one, but if anybody's looking for a good entry point, I mean, honestly, you can jump right in, I think to your show at any point and you've got such good guests all the time. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's really casual and really fun. So I don't know. I think that's what endears me to your show is it's just so laid back and chilled out. So uh, everyone should go check it out. Film Feast Rules. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so as I mentioned at the top, I chose three films, which are Final Destination, which is going to be screening on Thursday, October 5th, Disturbing Behavior, screening on Thursday, October 12th, and The Craft, which is uh, screening beginning October 30th. And I'm going to go out on a limb. And I know we said beforehand, you have seen these three films previously, right? I have, but I was just okay. thinking, funny enough, two of them just saw for the first time, I believe, last year. Oh, oh, can yeah. I ask which which ones? Uh, yes, it was uh, The Craft, which what? I watched during October. I know. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. With, uh, I think it was my girlfriend, because I think she was like, you haven't seen The Craft? And I was like, I know, I know. I was like, I, it, it hung over my head. I knew what, I was like, I haven't seen The Craft. And The Certain Behavior yeah. was one I hadn't seen, I'm pretty sure, till last year. Uh, definitely within the last year or two. Final Destination, I've seen... I feel like many times over the years, but those, the crafting through behavior, just new, new ish to me, honestly. So, um, awesome. yeah, 
I know I'm kind of late to the party, but Man, that's <laughs> wild. Well, well, we'll kind of go in order then. And then we'll, we'll kind of dissect these a little bit as we go. Um, I'm really excited to talk about disturbing behavior because uh, <laughs> that's such a bananas movie. And it, and it's definitely the more sci-fi of the three, but we'll get we'll get there. So let's talk about Final Destination. It came out in 2000, directed by James Wong, and it's the only film out of the three that I caught in the theater, like first run. And weirdly enough, I've only seen the first one in the franchise. I've not dipped into any of the others. I know there are like nine or something at this point, but <laughs> are you a fan of Final Destination or, or the sequels? Yeah, like yeah. That? I really like it. Uh, I... I think I've, I've seen all of them. Yeah, I've seen all the Final Station movies at this point. Oh, wow. Um, it's a good, you know what? It's a pretty solid franchise. I think the only one I think is a real kind of dud is the fourth one, which is the okay. one that's not numbered, I believe. It's just called The Final Station, I think. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. weird. They went one, two, three, The Final Station, and then back to five. It's like, why didn't you just call it four? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like it. I didn't catch it till... A little, I didn't catch the theater, caught a little later. And, uh, cause I was still probably still like a little too scared of horror at that point. Um, remember, it freaked me, just the idea of that movie freaks me out. <laughs> I think about it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like when I go somewhere and I see something that looks a little janky, I'm like, oh God, we might have a Final Station scenario on our hands. <laughs> Absolutely, like, dude. It's, yeah. It's a little, it freaks me out a little bit. And the idea of you can't outrun death, you cannot, you know, can't escape death. So, you know, I don't know, but it's a good one. I and I I would recommend the sequels to you, honestly. I think you should watch the the, the rest of them. I'm curious about like the is it the third one that has like the roller coaster? Yeah, is that like the yeah, 3D yeah. one or whatever? That that one I am curious about. Oh, and two has the log truck, which everyone always talks about. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I think about that every time there's like light poles or like windmill parts on a truck, and I'm like. Oh man, we're, we're done for <laughs> if anything happens. I, I think about this movie. I had fun with it at the time, but like you said, it is the one that kind of messed with me. Definitely of the three uh, that we're going to talk about. Like that one messed with me so bad because I still think on a daily basis of like how to like operate as a human being sometimes when I'm like really paranoid, <laughs> like trying to be as cautious as possible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I kind of like, I think I chose this one on, accident in a way because i i associated it with the 90s but technically i think i texted you and daniel who uh for those out there does a great podcast called cobwebs uh we were texting and i and daniel was trying to call me out uh of it not being a 90s movie and i pulled the no decades go from one to zero uh so 91 to 2000 is still the 90s so i'm using that for this argument only and probably never again but i still consider this very 90s you know um, about that argument but no I, I agree with you about there's like bleed over into the next decade totally, totally like the early 90s feel like the 80s the early 2000s definitely feel like the 90s we were both alive and you know like doing stuff that i wasn't very much aware in the early 90s but i see stuff in the early 90s I'm like this feels like the 80s and 2000 i mean that that this definitely feels like i'm sure it was shot in the nine in 99 oh for sure you know? for sure yeah so it, it's i think it counts it's fine it's it has all the 90s uh, yeah this is <laughs> you just need to hear from me that's all <laughs> validated yeah i mean it's got devin sawa for god's sake so i mean how much more 90s can you get i think i think this is going to play so fun like uh in the theater i, th I think people are going to have a total blast with it and i think of the three it's probably the one that most people have seen to be honest for those that haven't seen it too i think that is going to be enhanced by the people that have seen it in the theater just because it's a lot of like oh no don't don't do that or watch the there's like toilet water overflowing you're gonna slip or something like it's just like all this stuff that you're just it's so much tension and this is the movie i don't know how you are on planes but like this is the movie that made me go oh i could die on a plane like <laughs> it's terrifying it definitely freaked me out. I probably think about it more than anything else. I don't want to think about bad things when I'm on a plane, but this comes to mind. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm like, oh God. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh, should I get off? Like, well, we had that thing recently that went viral with that lady in the plane. That guy is not real. And that felt like I, everyone was joking, like, oh, this is Final Destination. Like, it's really endured over all these years that, that she must have seen, like, the specter of death and got off the plane. If I saw someone do that on a plane, I might leave too, because it's like, it's, it's, it freaks me out. I'm like, maybe they did see something. I don't know. I gotta get off this play. I'll get the next one. It's fine. <laughs> it's weird. It's weirdly like part of the reason why I'm very strictly carry on only. 
on planes, <laughs> so I can just leave if I need to just before taking off. off. That's a good I'm idea. good. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. That's smart. This, this isn't jiving for me. So. <laughs> No, awesome. Yeah, I, I think I think this one's going to be really cool. And uh, I think it. I watched it maybe a year or two ago, and I think it still plays. I mean, it's aged pretty well overall. I can't really think of anything that doesn't work. Should be should be an interesting time. But yeah, do you have anything to say on Final Destination other than than that? I feel like it's a pretty straightforward little <laughs> no. And I think cheating most people death know about it. Yeah. Even if even if they, it's a movie too where it's like people haven't seen it. I feel like they know about it. Like I'm sure there's like young kids who like are referencing that and don't even know that it's from Final Destination or, you know, like, um, it's really, it's really had staying power. I mean, the, the sequels help too, but like mm -hmm. that first one really, I mean, people still, I think, reference it and think about it and without even being that aware of it. It's interesting, but I think it'll play really well. Cause it is like a movie where you're constantly like, Oh no, Oh no, don't do that. Oh, oh, that's like, you know, it's like one of those like, ah, <laughs> so it's very interesting. I think suspense always tends to do best on big screen. I think, um, especially yeah. when a group of people, if you're watching it by yourself, you're kind of like, no, oh, no, don't do that. You know, it's like, it's a little <laughs> bit like <laughs> you're a little bit more relaxed about it. But when you're in a group, I, I'll just say this. It reminded me of like when I saw paranormal activity in the theater, when it came out God, and yep. everyone was freaking out in the theater, like it, that made for a really fun time. It was so good. I'm just telling that story about how, you know that movie would do the thing where it would be like, now it's daytime and now it's nighttime. Anytime it would go to nighttime, I could like, oh. feel the audience like recoil in their yes. seats. Like you could feel people like tense up. It was incredible. Like it was so much fun. Um, oh, that movie plays it. so well. <laughs> it does. And I haven't seen it since the theater, but I, I mean, I own it, but I, I just like, I don't know that it, it won't top that experience. So I'm like right, nervous right. to go back and check it out. <laughs> Final Destination, uh, people come check it out. If you've not seen it, especially, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a total blast. Disturbing Behavior, you'd mentioned that you'd only seen this maybe a year or two ago. And that's actually the same thing for the same case for me. Suzanne, my wife, she showed this one to me because she was like, oh, you got to, you're going to love this. I was like, oh yeah, it looks interesting. I think this is going to be the most fun because it's so bananas, like the whole time. The tone of it, the James Marsden of it all. I don't even know, man. Like Katie Holmes uh, saying things are razor. Like that's her like, oh, that's so razor. Like so cool, you know? <laughs> Sounds razor. It's so painfully 1998. It's insane. And, and it was directed by a guy, David Nutter, who did more tv and DT, dtv stuff like if, if you're familiar with like the transfers movies i don't know if you are matt but it's like a dtv oh, yeah. sci-fi franchise and he directed like transfers four and five or something like that so it's not you know it's not he's not an upper echelon guy and it definitely it comes through i mean basic premise is it's a kind of like an invasion of the body snatchers type of vibe more or less right so 90s i forgot that's that's a razor wow that was <laughs> Really something. Got to bring that one back to the oh. lexicon. <laughs> was it ever part of the lexicon? Maybe that, I mean, that's that what true. I'm confused about. Yeah. I mean, Razor Scooters were really big about a year or two after that, but I don't know if that was, I still wasn't saying that's so Razor when I like jumped off the curb with my scooter or anything. Uh, and I don't know how much you're going to say about the premise, but I just want to say, I, I did not know anything about this movie besides like, it's like kids at a weird school yeah. and like something's going on with them. And I was kind of like, completely thrown back by what it ended up being because i had yes. no idea i did not know i never saw a trailer i don't think i don't think they gave away the trailer but it was kind of like mind-blowing it was like that's what this is about um it was kind of great it was a, that was probably the best part of the whole movie was like not knowing where it was going and then being like completely like flabbergasted yeah that's yeah and it's like i don't want to give away really anything beyond it's yeah it's just a a kid moves to a new school or goes, starts going to a new school, you know, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. And basically he's just kind of like, he gets in with a group of stoner kids uh, as their, you know, as his friends. And they're kind of like conspiracy theorists in a sense. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's kind of grisly, the things that happen yeah. to the kids in the movie. And I don't, you know, it reminded me of another movie that I had in the pool for playing in this series. It was The Faculty was another one that I, I was like, really, yeah. I love that movie. But Disturbing, Beha Disturbing Behavior is like the B-movie version of that movie, which is already a B-movie. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's like C-grade, but like camp with a capital C for sure. And it's so fun. Um, but yeah, it's grisly and weird. 
I don't really know. I don't know many movies that are exactly like tonally this like like quite like this. Yeah, I I did for a long time. They were trying to mix it up with like the faculty. Uh, like I thought they were like the same movie. And then I think there's another movie that's I don't think anything like this called like Teaching Mrs. Tingle that also has Katie Holmes that I for some reason thought this and that were like the same movie. <laughs> like I mixed them up. But this is weird mix of like thriller horror uh kind of comedic at times i remember right like weird like it's it's very weird <laughs> there's a, another element i don't want to give away that it's got in there too but um yeah it's it's very unique i will say that <laughs> it's really odd um and, and I, I threw this one in the mix because it's so offbeat and weird and i don't think as many people have seen this one and i think this is a great way to see it just because i mean you know the craft is such a huge cult classic and final destination too i mean it's like such a flagpole uh you know tentpole type of horror movie but disturbing behavior i think got swept under the rug and i think it's for the same reason that you're kind of describing it it kind of came out in this wave of other things like the faculty and teaching mrs dingle and all these like kind of just like all this teen stuff came out just in such a big wave, especially towards the latter half of the decade that I w- I think it just wasn't one that was as popular and Katie Holmes wasn't enough to, you know, boost it or something. I'm not really sure, you know, cause James Marsden wasn't really a, wasn't really much of a name at that point. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know if any of them really were like Katie Holmes would have been on uh, Dawson's Creek. That's right. right. I don't know if that, yeah. Like that was that weird time too. When I feel like, people weren't taking tv stars as seriously and it was like oh you're a tv person trying to be in movies now and it was like there was a lot of those like wb young people trying to make jump to movies and like i think it got kind of lost in the shuffle like you're saying of other kind of teen horror movies post scream it was like everything was like teen horror geared you know then they i think people kind of thought they all look the same like it's like oh it's all the same kind of movie but this is definitely different and i i'm so glad you're playing like how often are you going to see this movie on a big screen? You know, like I would be psyched to see this. I'm like, this never happened. <laughs> well, I feel like this is such a new Bev move or something. Like, I feel like, th- I know they're not doing it this October, but I feel like this would be something like Phil Blankenship at the new Beverly in LA would be playing. Right. And they'd say like, this isn't screen often. Come right. see this. You know? Right. But like, which is the stuff I'm even more excited about. I'm like, oh, that doesn't screen very often. Like, you know, you know, my, my local theater does do cool stuff for October, but it's, I, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful, but it's like always kind of the same movies. Like it's always kind of the same big horror movies, which are great movies, but it's like, I love them to slip in something like a little weirder, like a little more off the wall. So it's very cool that this is actually being played. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think people are going to have fun with it. And I, and that was kind of the reason I wanted to pick this one above the faculty or some of the other choices I had, because I just feel like if people are going to trust the other two films I picked, then they, they might go with me on this one. <laughs> so I hope people come out for Disturbing Behavior, especially just because I think it's going to be such a like WTF kind of like this is insane type of movie. <laughs> and it's not scary. Like, <laughs> I think you'll I think you'll jump here and yeah. there like it'll have jump scares. But I think overall, it's more of a of a like goofy watch that is going to be really entertaining and fun so yeah that's disturbing behavior and then finally this is i can't believe you hadn't seen this until recently but the craft (laughs) it's my favorite of the three and i've seen this one the most of the three from 1996 directed by andrew fleming and he did movies like dick with kirsten dunst and uh or kirsten dunst and michelle williams which I was a favorite of mine in high school. And then the underrated uh, Hamlet 2, which is insane. And and I so mostly, I mean, a lot of comedy stuff. So it's interesting that he did this one. And, and at the time, after it had come out on like video and stuff, I feel like this one was on cable constantly. So that's where I yeah. kind of grew up seeing it was on HBO. So tell me about your first experience with it. I mean, have you only seen it the one time or? I, yeah, it was only the one time last October, but uh I really had a good time with it. I really liked it. I th- I got more heat for not seeing the craft than like pick any other like big famous movie. It's like it's like I hadn't seen like The Graduate or Lawrence Arabia, <laughs> but it's like you haven't seen the craft. Like people would like lose their minds that I hadn't seen the craft. Um, so it's like I'll see it. I'll see it. Uh, it's like and I really I enjoyed it. It's a great October movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all like the four main leads are pretty great. Uh, and I had a good. I want to watch it again. I'll, I might watch it again this October actually because. Uh, because uh, I want to see it the one time, so I might throw it back on because it's it's great for fall Halloween time, and it's just it's a fun movie. It's like it's darker than I think I expected. Like gets a little more intense than I thought it would. <laughs> like uh, 
I don't know what I thought of it, but it just was like, oh, this is way more intense than I expected it to be. Like, um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I'm glad I finally saw it. Well, especially the Feruza bulk of it all <laughs> is pretty over the oh, top yeah. and 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 into and she's very intense. And it does talk about like real life, you know, issues. Right. I mean, it kind of yeah, tackles that was the part I think I was most. Yeah, like yeah, like no, I mean, life issues. Yeah, and it kind of endears you to the characters a little bit more. So when things start to kind of go off the rails, you feel some sort of disappointment or empathy or sympathy for the characters because you're just like, you guys were so tight. Now here we are and we're, you know, it's just like you forgot what it was like to, I don't know, to be an empathetic person or to be caring during the process and stuff. But it is by far out of the three, the most serious, I think, uh, to a degree. And it is scary. And it does evoke, like you said, it's like perfect fall October movie. It's everybody's wearing sweaters and jackets and stuff. And it, it, it you know, it just feels like the perfect Halloween type of movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why I was so into this. But when it came out, it was just like the maybe the goth of it all or something. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I was like in the sixth grade when this came out. So it was like. I was starting to get into like Marilyn Manson and like, you know, new metal as like uh-huh. corn and stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah. I remember that time is... well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I remember it fondly, but also embarrassingly. So, <laughs> so I think that what well, we were talking yesterday about escape from New York versus escape from LA, which we won't get into very hot topic. Uh, but I was saying that I, I preferred LA, uh, but I think it was the fact that I was of that age um, to where when that soundtrack came out, I was like, oh man, this has got it all. It's got like <laughs> White Zombie and Helmet and all these like heavy bands I was already into. So I was kind of a shoe in for LA, even though I get that it's a schlock fest, but like, <laughs> I, I mean, the mid nineties were, were my jam musically for, uh, for that type of stuff. So I think that's what kind of pushed it over the edge for me as far as like digging it so much. But yeah, another one I think is going to play really well for people and you don't really get a lot of witch movies, to be honest, that I can think of yeah. that are like solid, you know? There's more than I realized because our friend Daniel Upper did a YouTube video about witch movies. And I was like, there's more witch movies than I realized. But I, they seem like they get less attention. I don't know. Like, it's 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 weird. But this seemed like it was like a goth girl rite of passage. I don't want to generalize, but it seemed like any girl that was like, it could be guys too, I don't, but it seemed like any girl I knew that was even kind of into like spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. love the craft like so i knew about the craft for the longest time like i just never watched it because i think i wasn't thinking of horror around that time and i was too young and i was like oh i don't i don't want to be into this like i wasn't i wasn't goth at all so i was <laughs> like this is too hardcore for me <laughs> probably i don't know i don't know what i was thinking but uh but yeah then i watched it i was like oh this is way it was scarier than i thought it would be it's not like it's super scary but it had more that's the intensity thing too and it was like I love how they built the characters up and get you to really care about them. And then they kind of mounts more kind of like take them apart. You're like, no, no, like you can work it out. Like, just, just talk it out. Like, on. Um, so it's got way more going on than I think just being like, Oh, that's this movie. Goth kids. Like, you know, that's what I thought of it for the longest time. I was like, that's actually a really good movie with good performances in it. So um, I think it has a really devoted fan base too. Like I, I'm, I'm I think people might show up like in costumes. I'd be very curious if like people show up like dressed up for this. I encourage it. And and not that you can really dress up for Final Destination uh, or Disturbing <laughs> or Behavior. But, yeah, just, yeah, you just, you know, but if you want to got, if everybody out there wants to get kind of wild and 90s out, I mean, I think I encourage it. I think um, we did a Clueless screening a month or so ago and I, I had a friend who went and they said that uh, people were dressed as like, you know, share from clueless. So I do encourage the, 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 the dressing up. I think that's, you know, a lot of the fun of October in general is just kind of, it's a good excuse to just get dressed up and weird. Definitely, definitely dress up in your, your best craft outfit if you want. I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really cool movie, really great cast, like you said. So I don't, I don't know. And the fact that it's playing basically the day before Halloween is even cooler. So um, I hope people come out and, and have a good time with that. But I think that's really it. Uh, Matt, thanks again for coming on and having a quick chat. I know this was pretty brief, but I just wanted to just have some semblance of a conversation with a, another human about these films. So again, just where can people find you online if they want to check in and see what you're doing and, and where to listen to the podcast and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can find the Film Feast podcast like anywhere you get podcasts. I'm pretty sure we're covered on that. Uh, and uh, you can follow the podcast on uh, Twitter, 
or X, if you, <laughs> if somebody prefers, uh, if uh, at Film Feast Pod, you can follow me on Twitter, MattBlood87. You can follow me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. Um, I think that's about it for all my plugs. Uh, so, yeah, we do have a October episode dropping for Film Feast. It's going to be like a big, like, franchise ranking episode, which should be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, just check us out. I I don't even know where to tell anybody to start, but I think we have a lot of good episodes. So check out one with Keith on it. We can keep on a lot of episodes together. Start with the te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, trilogy. I think I think that's like yeah, such an was... insane uh, <laughs> diatribe. Well, that was a total treat to have Matt on the show. I hope you guys all enjoyed it as much as I had recording it. Before we get to all that horror goodness, here are some non-horror screenings that are currently unspooling at the Varsity. In honor of Martin Scorsese's upcoming new feature, Killers of the Flower Moon, we've been playing Casino from 1995, starring Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, and James Woods. Set in the early 1970s Las Vegas, uh, Robert De Niro plays a low-level mobster that is asked by his bosses to head up the Tangiers Casino. The film tracks his rise in increasingly uh, rocky descent of success throughout time. I don't give a shit who he's connected to. Tell him to take his feet off the table. What do you think this is a sawdust joint? Sir, would you mind taking your feet off the table and put your shoes on, please? Yeah, I would mind. I'm having a bad night. Oh, butch. Full security. How are you? Good, how are you? Right, you want to do me a favor? You want to take your feet off the table and put your shoes back on? F*** you. I want you to exit this guy off the premises, and I want you to exit him off his feet and use his head to open the f- door. Casino is playing currently through the 4th. Opening October 6th, we have a pairing of Pedro Almodovar short films. The auteur's Strange Way of Life, starring Pedro Pascal and Ethan Hawke, is a western in which Silva, played by Pascal, returns to his old hometown where he and his friend Jake, played by Hawke, had a secret romance. This one has received a ton of uh, festival buzz and hype among, amongst uh, Almodovar and Pascal fans alike, and I and imagine that this will not disappoint. She was a whore, father. A woman was found killed in town. asked me what two men could do living together on a ranch. I'll answer you now. In conjunction with The Strange Way of Life, we are also showing Pedro Almodovar's The Human Voice, starring Tilda Swinton. A woman watches time passing next to the suitcase of her ex-lover, who is supposed to come pick them up, but never arrives, and a restless dog who doesn't understand that his master has abandoned him. Again, both Almodovar films will be opening on Friday, October 6th. As part of the Midnights at 10, as I mentioned in the earlier portion of the episode, we'll be screening Final Destination on Thursday, October 5th. Alex, talk to me. Tell me what happened. (sighs) I saw it. Like, I don't know. I saw it. I saw it on the runway. I saw it take off. I saw out my window. I saw the ground and the end. The cabin, it starts to shake, right? And, and the, the left side blows up, and then the whole plane just explodes. And it was so real, just like how everything happens, you know? You've been on a lot of planes that blew up. I'll be doing a live introduction for this one as well as the other two Midnights, so uh, please go easy on me. Uh, if you're a British horror fan, uh, you've no doubt heard of the publication Little Shop of Horrors that has been around since 1972, but did you know 
that this magazine is actually based in Des Moines, Iowa. Kind of wild to imagine, uh, and it's a great, great magazine. I, I definitely have a few issues myself, uh, but it is the definitive fanzine for all things British and Hammer Horror, according to countless sources worldwide. I believe Joe Dante is a fan. Dick Clemenson has programmed a couple of absolute bangers for this October in which he'll be joining the screenings as well to kind of tell behind-the-scenes stories of each of the films, uh, their stars, and the filmmakers. Dick will be screening two of some of, in my opinion, the best and classiest of the horror, uh, the Hammer Horror Bunch, starting Friday, October 6th, 1957's The Curse of Frankenstein, starring Christopher Lee, Hazel Court, and Peter Cushing, will be terrorizing the varsity. Uh, a more mad and intensified take on the classic Mary Wollstonecraft uh, Shelley tale in glorious Eastman color. what had to be done. We'll bury him before the villagers arrive. They won't arrive. I didn't send the message. You madman. You risked just two of us against that. We might have been killed. We might, but we weren't. To continue on with the Lee Cushing love, we'll also be showing 1958's Horror of Dracula on Saturday, October 7th, another glorious Hammer adaptation of the timeless Bram Stoker tale with a flare of sexiness and class, the gothic atmosphere is dialed up to 11. Mr. Harker, I'm glad that you've arrived safely. I am Dracula, and I welcome you to my house. I must apologize for not being here to greet you personally, but I trust that you have found everything you needed. It was the least that I could do after such a journey, and tiring for you, no doubt. If you can make it to both screenings, these are going to be absolutely stunning. Uh, I have no doubt on the big screen, and they're going to be a ton of fun to boot. Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. A world more exciting than this. But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. What's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have... B-b-b-buttons? Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name! But you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. <gasps> She's got this whole world where everything's better, but it's all a trap. You may come out when you've learned to be a loving daughter. From Henry Selick, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, comes a world of extraordinary imagination. Spooky secrets. Who are you? You're in terrible danger, girl. And daring discoveries. I still have to find my parents to set them free. This year, when adventure comes knocking, there are some doors that should never be opened. Coraline, written for the screen and directed by Henry Selleck. For our Cinema Clubhouse series, we'll be showing Leica Studios' stunning and unsettling Coraline from 2009. Be careful what you wish for. This one might be my favorite of the Leica films. It's kind of a toss-up between this one and uh, Box Trolls and Corpse Bride, so it's kind of a three-way tie. Uh, either way, if you're up for some really effective and beautiful stop-motion animation in the spooky end of the uh, pool, Coraline is for you. 
Coraline opens Saturday, October 7th. We've got my second Midnight's at 10 pick on Thursday, October 12th with Disturbing Behavior from 1998, uh, starring James Marsden, Katie Holmes, William Sadler, and Nick Stahl. Uh, This is a personal, recent sci-fi horror favorite of mine, and it will not disappoint, especially on the big screen with the crowd. As I kind of mentioned with Matt, I think this one's going to play very well with folks. Sounds razor. Uh, get ready to turn the banana meter up to full blast, grab some popcorn, and watch the insanity unfold. Continuing on with the Scorsese love, we'll be showing 2019's The Irishman, starring Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, and Ray Romano. The story follows Frank, played by De Niro, as a truck driver who becomes a hitman involved with a mobster and his crime family with a little segment that kind of shows him working with Jimmy Hoffa in Chicago. It's a fun but intimate take on a man throughout his adult life and the sadness that ultimately comes with advancing into older age. An absolute beauty of a film in my opinion. The Irishman opens Friday, October 13th. Welcome to the Eras Tour! This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. to go on a little adventure together, and that adventure is going to span 17 years of music. How does that sound? Taylor Swift's Eras Tour concert experience will be gracing the Varsity screen. Opening Friday, October 13th, you'll be able to immerse yourself in this concert film in cinematic form. I imagine this is going to be one magical picture and not one you'll want to miss if you're a big T-Swift stan. DC's new film Blue Beetle will be hitting the varsity on Sunday, October 15th with a Spanish audio track, English subtitle showing in celebration of Latino Heritage Month and in partnership with El Exito. Recent college grad Jaime Reyes returns home full of aspirations for his future only to find that home is not quite as he left it. As he searches to find his purpose in the world, fate intervenes when Jaime unexpectedly finds himself in possession of an ancient relic of alien biotechnology, the scarab. Finish scraping the gum off that lounger or what? Uh, everything right now feels so out of reach. You always land on your feet, bro. You're high man. They don't get out much. <laughs> I just wanna rap. Jenny? I just wanna rap. Guard the habits in your life, but do not open it. You went in to get a shops, and all you brought back was a hamburger? Okay, I don't think it's a burger. You haven't looked? What the hell is that? How did you get it to do that? I think he likes me. It's on your back! Get it off! Get it off! This ain't what you want. 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 Host acquired. Who said that? Okay, it's gonna be okay! Oh, space. Free entry systems ready. This ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. What is going on? I just want to run. It's called the Scarab. It's some kind of world-destroying weapon. It's designed to protect its host. Sometimes it does what you want, and sometimes it doesn't. I, I, I think I cut a bus in half. The Scarab chose you, but it belongs to me. That love you feel for your family makes you weak. I just want to rap. The universe has sent you a gift, and you have to figure out what you're going to do with it. Whatever you can imagine, I can create. Let's party. Nice choice. I just want to 
It's like Batman stuff. Batman's a fascist. I just want to rock. If you show up early for this one, there's going to be a fun pre-show celebration presented by Alexito. Uh, you can dress as your favorite Latino character and potentially win a prize. Who doesn't like a little mind-bending ballet in their repertoire? Uh, Tuesday, October 17th, we'll be screening Darren Aronofsky's cult classic Black Swan, starring Natalie Portman, Vincent Cassell, and Mila Kunis in partnership with Ballet Des Moines to kick off their 23-24 season, The Stories That Shape Us. Company dancers will be in Swan Lake costumes pre-show. Seduces. Not just the prince, but the court, the audience, the entire world. Come on. The footy are like a spider spinning a whip. Attack it. Attack it. Come on. I personally am a sucker for ballet and dance movies. Uh, Red Shoes is like one of the best movies ever, in my opinion. And this is such a sweeping experience. So if you've not seen this one, uh, catching it on the silver screen for your first time is truly going to be un unforgettable. And now for the most anticipated new release of 2023 for a lot of people, myself included, is Martin Scorsese's new film, Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, you got you got nice color skin. What color would you say that is? My color. Oh, Sage. They have the worst land possible. But they outsmarted everybody. The land had oil on it. Black gold. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. <laughs> this wealth should come to us. Their time is over. It's going to be another tragedy. When this money started coming, we should have known it came with something else. They're like buzzards circling our people. We're still warriors. I ought to kill these white men who killed my family. I need you here. I am right here. You've got to take back control of your home. I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? We'll see who's doing it. Expecting a miracle to make all this go away. You know they don't happen anymore. Oil is discovered in Oklahoma during the 1920s under Osage Nation land. The Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to uncover the mystery of it all. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jesse Plemons, and Robert De Niro, this is going to be a crackerjack time at the movies. Killers of the Flower Moon opens Thursday, October 19th. Writer-director of The Spy Who Dumped Me, which is a movie I think is, uh, is a little better than people maybe give it credit for, so I would check that one out if you get a chance. It's pretty funny. And writer of Booksmart, Susanna Vogel, brings her newest directorial effort to the movies with Cat Person. When Margot, a college sophomore, goes on a date with the older Robert, she finds that in real life, Robert doesn't live up to the Robert she has been flirting with over texts. Is that that guy Robert again? Listen, concession stand girl. Why don't you give me your number? Wait, you never said where he goes to school. I think he just works. Oysters, come on. He has cats. His eyes are nice. They crinkle. Yeah, because he's old. I think I really like him. As promised. I'm not saying I will have sex with him, but I think he would like it. Why are we having this conversation? He's a terrible kisser. Listen to me. Call it a night. 
Hey, do we want to do this? This is the worst life decision I've ever made. I had a good time tonight. Didn't you? Yeah. So what was his go-to move? The reverse squatting cowgirl? Were his cats at least cute? I never saw them. Uh-oh. Why lie about having cats? Because liking cats makes a guy seem non-threatening. Harmless. He's hiding something. I'm the monster in your mind. Cat Person opens Friday, October 20th at the Varsity. An undeniable Halloween cult classic graces the Varsity screen with Hocus Pocus from 1993, starring Bette Midler, Kathy Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. After 300 years of slumber, three sister witches are accidentally resurrected in Salem on Halloween night, and it is up to three kids and their newfound feline friend to put an end to the witches' reign of terror once and for all. me sick sisters yes this one's opening on saturday october 21st so you want to make sure and grab seats for this one as soon as possible uh, i got to see this at a screening uh, a couple of years ago and it plays incredibly well with an audience and it's insanely quotable and just so much fun so uh, make sure to come on out to this one just maybe don't let a virgin light the black flame candle Sunday, October 22nd, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ella Smith, Johnny Lee Miller, and Naomi Harris star in the National Theater live production of Frankenstein. I have beaten death. I made a living thing. Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller in this electrifying stage production. until I desolate your hearts! Frankenstein, directed by Danny Boyle. Childlike in his innocence, but grotesque in form, Frankenstein's bewildered creature is cast out into a hostile universe by his horror-struck maker. Meeting with cruelty wherever he goes, the friendless creature, increasingly desperate and vengeful, determines to track down his creator and strike a terrifying deal. Urgent concerns of scientific responsibility, parental neglect, Cognitive development and the nature of good and evil are embedded within this thrilling and deeply disturbing tale. Switching gears a little bit, we've got Marlon Brando in the film where he could have been a contender, Elia Kazan's On the Waterfront from 1954. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Let's face it. Malloy dreams about being a prize fighter while tending to his pigeons and running errands at the docks for Johnny Friendly, the corrupt boss of the Dockers Union. Terry witnesses a murder by two of Johnny's thugs and later meets the dead man's sister and feels responsible for his death. She introduces him to Father Barry, who tries to force him to provide information for the courts that will smash the dock racketeers. With a star-studded co-starring cast of Carl Malden, Lee J. Cobb, and Rod Steiger, this is a complete powerhouse of a picture. If you're a big fan of Kazan's work like I am, uh, films like Facing the Crowd, Gentleman's Agreement, uh, you will not want to sleep on these incredible performances. On the Waterfront opens Wednesday, October 25th. If you tuned in to my conversation last month with Dennis Cooper of the Des Moines Public Library, you'll remember that we've been running programming in partnership with the DMPL for the Varsity Book Club. Following American Psycho from last month, we'll be showing Roman Polanski's absolute masterpiece from 1968, Rosemary's Baby. A young couple, Rosemary and Guy, move into an infamous New York apartment building known by frightening legends and mysterious events with the purpose of starting a family. Rosemary! Go back to bed. You know you're not supposed to be up and around. Is the mother? Uh, Rosemary. Shut up. Rosemary. Shut up. You're in Dubrovnik. I don't hear you. What have you done to it? 
dead to its eyes. He has his father's eyes. The Varsity Cinema Book Club will meet the last Wednesday of the month at 8.30 p.m. with multiple opportunities to watch the movie leading up to the discussion. Rosemary's Baby opens Wednesday, October 25th. Mia Farrow, Ruth Gordon, and John Cassavetti star. Indie cult filmmaker John Michael McCarthy's Teenage Tupelo from 1995 will be shown at the Varsity, and it seems like this one might have my name all over it. Uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, in 1962, a poor young single mother is impregnated by a womanizing has-been singer. Her mother tries to force her to give the child away, but our heroine isn't sure. As she tries to solve her problems, she receives assistance from unlikely quarters, a lesbian gang, and the feminist nudist stripper adult film star they idolize. Teenage Tupelo opens Thursday, October 26th. Sofia Coppola is back with a new picture as her follow-up to 2020's On the Rocks with Priscilla. When teenage Priscilla meets Elvis Presley at a party, the man who is already a meteoric rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely unexpected in private moments. A thrilling crush, an ally in loneliness, a vulnerable best friend. I always get excited to see Coppola's name on any upcoming project, and this is no exception. I'm sure this will be pretty interesting. Priscilla opens in late October. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, mister. Last but not least, my final midnight's at 10 pick. Goth teen Rite of Passage, The Craft, will be showing at the Varsity. Robin Tunney plays the new girl at a Catholic school and unknowingly befriends a trio of witches played by Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, and Rachel True. Uh, I love the 1996 of it all, and this is going to be an absolute blast to see with a group of folks, and I cannot wait to see this on the big screen. The Craft opens Monday, October 30th. And that is a wild October at the Varsity. This is quite an awesome lineup for our first October back, and I am loving the variety, and we hope you do too. Thanks again to my good friend Matt from Film Feast for taking time out of his recovery from COVID to chat with me. Uh, It was an absolute treat. Join me in November for another No Doubt Electric lineup of films. As always, make sure to head over to our website, varsitydesmoines.com, to secure ticketing and gather screening times, membership information, our blog, and more. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll meet you in the aisles. Sounds right, sir.